Thanks for joining us on the Teachers Changing Teaching Podcast. Today's episode is episode number two on all things student council. Jamie and Natalie sit down and have a conversation about leading student council at your school. We hope you enjoy it. Here are your hosts, Dr. Jamie Collins and Natalie Davies. I'm thinking about the person who's listening who has n- doesn't have a Stuco class, mm-hmm. but is interested in um, bringing some of these ideas and concepts and interactions to their school. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Talk through some maybe creative, and this is just off the cuff, things, yeah. ways that you can think of um, that a person can say uh, how they can create a leadership group after school mm-hmm. or make it a club mm-hmm. or um, even wrap and weave some of these ideas into their content, whether it be math, social studies, ELA. Talk to us about that. Yeah. Um, If you're trying to just, well, what I would say is students are really, truly passionate about not liking school. Right. Um, And you, if you're a teacher listening, you know, that's the case. And so a really great place to start is your most vocal students who are saying, you know, like school is silly. It's like, okay, you seem really passionate about it. What if you channeled this energy into changing the place that you're in? Right. What if you did that instead? Um, And making a, then kind of making a group where it could be like a club or something, or you could even talk about like, if you have uh, any sort of like flex period or prime time or something built into your schedule of like, hey, we're going to have one meeting once a month. And we're going to talk about like, ideas to make the school better. And now you as the person leading it have, have to have a really strong sense of if you're, if you're talking to students who don't like school, you're going to need to give them really strong guardrails. Right. As they have those discussions. Right. So if they're like, Oh, well it's stupid that we have to wear IDs and we can't wear hats or whatever else and blah, 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 blah. blah. It's like, okay, so we're not going to create a policy that gets rid of the IDs. Right. So that's not a thing. Right. You're not not going to get it. Right. And you're going to get more frustrated. (laughs) (laughs) So like you being the big person say, okay, so wearing an ID is a policy that's not going to change. We're going to have to, we're always going to have to wear an ID because it's a safety precaution. We want to make sure like we know who the students are. It's a way to mark off students, whatever. Think whatever you want about it, but it's not going away. But what can we do to promote ID wearing so that people would actually benefit from it and then have the students talk from there. Um, so all I'm saying with that is don't let their voices of negativity where, you know, the road is going to end up still at a brick wall, (laughs) like be, be the big person and say, okay, instead of the brick wall, (laughs) yeah, let me just give them some rails right to get to maybe a better solution. Sure. Um, so I think that could be a potential idea. Um, meeting after school is always like, uh, I, I mean, I want to guard teacher's time. That's why I'm saying the prime time flex time might be an ideal situation. Um, But you can always do an after school meeting. Um, But if you get people who are really invested in wanting to change the school, you're going to change the school. Sure. So, right. That's the good news. Right. Right. Things will happen. (laughs) Yes. And honestly, sometimes when you get certain people into it, they'll bring their friends Uh And that can help in a lot of other ways because some people are going to be really vocal, but then some are going to be really, really good at just implementing. And that's, what's great about leadership is we need all sorts and forms. Yes. Um, so that would be some 
of just like the practical sides that I could think of if you don't have a class period. Um, or what you could do too, is you could talk to other clubs in the school that have like already established, you know, these are the people that are involved and talk to them about like, Hey, who are some kids? If I was going to make a student council that that I need to talk to, yeah, I need to get into it. Something like that. Reach out, do a personal ask. Right. Yeah. would be good. That's helpful. Yeah. No, these are great ideas. Um, yeah. And even honestly, just asking your coworkers. So if you're like, for me, I'm in the English department, ask your coworkers like, Hey, who's a kid that's like the unsung hero Sure. in your sixth period? Yeah. I want that kid. Yes. Cause even it doesn't, again, it doesn't have to be like the best and brightest of the class, but it's mm-hmm. like, you know, that kids got something mm-hmm. and they may not, they may not know it themselves, mm-hmm. but a lot of times adults can like you sure. know, narrow in. So you that could, could be. And you can also find another adult in the building, another teacher who would, who is also passionate about this or interested yes. in it together. Shout out Taylor Hall. Couldn't do it without you. <laughs> Couldn't do it without you. Literally, there's so many times where we just are like, it's not even always that the person is, is doing stuff like Stuco related. It's just like, you just have somebody else. Yeah. Like that's just the comfort. It's like, you just have somebody else. Yeah. So anyways, um, those are a couple ideas for student council. Um, if you're talking like you're a math teacher, English teacher, core content teacher, how you can apply some of these ideas. Is that what you're, mm-hmm. so I think it's always, I mean, the more and more that I talk about to teachers, the more and more <laughs> it seems that it's like kids don't, I don't want to say kids, students don't understand why they're learning or what the purpose of school is or what, like how it connects to their life outside of school. Sure. And I completely understand that. And I'm like, that's why this identity work, regardless of what subject you're in is valuable work. Because sometimes where I think that comes from, from students is there's this group think mentality of everybody doesn't like school. So the easier default is to just say, I don't like school either, Mm -hmm. but they don't actually they may not feel that or they may not know why, mm-hmm. but it's better to just say like, okay, well then who are you? Mm-hmm. Who, what do you like? Mm-hmm. What are traits of your personality that you're like, I am a very disciplined person mm-hmm. or I am a very, um, I'm a great listener or whatever. So then it's actually, if you're doing this sort of identity work in general, in your like content classes, it's easier to connect with students you're like, I've made you go through the process of thinking about who you are. Sure. So I know also how to approach who you are in my class. Yeah. Does that kind of make sense? Yes. Because what happens so often, and I think teachers can relate, is that students, they, they're not thinkers mm-hmm. because nobody has told them to think through. Mm-hmm. And so even when it comes to pieces of identity, which is actually really hard stuff to think through. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to leave high school and not say, I don't know, you know, this leads to bad things when it's like, I don't know what I'm interested or what I'm good at. Well, then it's like, well, then what do they do after high school? Right. True. Like, are they going to be a good business person? Right. Are they going to be a good barber? Are they going to be a good teacher? Like they don't know. And mm-hmm. you didn't help them know. Mm-hmm. And so the, the piece of like the community yes. development, it's like, this is what school is supposed to do. We're supposed right. to be giving them skills. So they become good, productive right. members in the community. Right. They know their place. Right. Well, if you didn't help them do it, then they're right. oh, not no going to find it. The Pythagorean theorem ain't going to help them. <laughs> well, and interesting is 
uh, what this brings up is positioning, right? How, right. how are teachers positioning the students in the classroom yeah. in relationship to the subject? Are you positioning them as, um, you know, strength space and possibilities and let's, let's figure out how to make it work yeah. um, with the way that you're made as opposed to obey, yeah. check your brain and your heart at the door yeah. and get through this and suffer through this. Right. Um, I hear a lot of that really positive um, affirming language to help them navigate and mm-hmm. understanding themselves. Not fully because we, we only We're always understand. Flux. Yeah. yeah. And my understanding of my 15 year old self is I think about it. I'm like, Oh, that's cute. I know. I know. <laughs> but I would have, I would have, so appreciated and thrived had I been asked yeah, and use that as some sort of like an anchor or a navigating place right? to right. think through, okay, how can I use this strength in my math class? How can I use this in my English class? Right. Um, the teacher stopped and asked and cared. Right. And that's huge. And so now I'm, I'm more inclined to really engage because I I'm here as a teacher sees me as a person mm-hmm. with a collection of personality traits and strengths and weaknesses and um, he or she is helping me navigate that. Right. And even if it's as simple as like at the beginning of the year, you just do some sort of identity exercise where, um, students have to say three things, uh, you know, categorizing their personality and none of them can be negative. Sure. Like it can, it can truly be as simple as that. Right. Cause they'll always tend towards, of course, like say something negative. Cause it'll just like, I'll deflect having to think about it. Uh-huh. Um, and like sarcasm is much easier for us to, to deal with than Absolutely. actually thinking about it. Right. Um, but if you just give them those little, you know, parameters, yeah, three character traits about yourself, none of them can be negative. Yes. It's a good one. It's real practical. Real practical. See what they say. Love it. All right. So I have been <laughs> hassling Natalie for months and months and months <laughs> to share her resources. <laughs> I have said, Natalie. I have lots for the love of all, (laughs) please, please share your goods. So if you go to the teacherschangingteaching.com website, and there's also a link in the show notes, you'll be able to um, access some of her resources. Um, They are there to be purchased because Natalie has built these all on her own. And um, it is, I have told her it is okay (laughs) that she has them out there and um, and for people to be able to buy them so that they can use them. Um, and she's not fussing over making them perfect. She's not, um, trying to get them in just the right way. Um, so that they can, so that you can see that they're still in process. Yeah. And you can also kind of take them and cultivate them and use them for what works for your, um, Stuco, for your club, for your organization, for your course, for your class. So, uh, I asked, I mean, my last question here is, Natalie, will you talk through some of these units and these resources sure. so that our listeners can understand the type of goodness that's <laughs> there on the website? Yes, we've got a website now Woo! and we're trying to get things out to you all. So this is that first big plunge. So we ask that you get on there and respond and show us what you're interested in so that we can continue to make more resources. Right. Um, but I asked her to please brag on these <laughs> units for uh, a few moments so we can get an idea of the kinds of um, curriculum that she's developed for this leadership yeah. uh, approach with adolescents. So yeah. Talk to us now. Um, so a lot of the resources that I have come up with um, 
necessity is the mother of invention. <laughs> and so <laughs> when I was, when I was tasked with the curriculum for student council, I started looking up student council's curriculum and quickly found nothing, nothing, <laughs> nothing is there because I mean, truly it's because teachers, it, it, they're so busy. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, I'm going to help manage students. Yeah, doing and things. I'm going to help manage class, students. The school. Yeah, yeah, doing doing the tasks around the school. Yes. Now, that is amazing and so necessary. Um, at the end of the day, that would be hard for me to lay my head down at night for my personality to say, like, right. they're doing the tasks without the identity. Like, that'd be really sure, challenging. Sure. So the easiest place that I begin is, and so I'll talk about this really briefly because I'm working through it right now, um, is I, since I'm an English teacher, and I need something to grasp onto. I just try to find a book that we're going to work through as a class. And so we do a book study. So one of the things that you're going to see on there is um, a book study through the book, The Silent Revolution by Kent Keith. Um, so each chapter that you'll see me break down in the resource gives different assignments. So it could be reflective work that the students are doing about identity pieces, about their leadership that he's kind of talked about in the chapter. But then I've done the work of saying, okay, he's talked about it. How can I break it down for a student to actually work through what he's trying to get them to work right. through? Okay. So the unit that you're off or the stuff, the resource that you have is what to do with, with the book, with book, mm-hmm. because he is telling he is just, he's relaying information and what's challenging about relaying information. His book is phenomenal, but what's challenging about relaying information is it students need more than just, okay, I read it. Right. <laughs> they need more than that. Right. Cause it won't stick in their brain unless they have more Absolutely. than that. So, um, certain things with the book we do a, we write a student council purpose statement because the first chapter is about, um, what is a student council? So we write a student council purpose statement. Then they write an individual statement for why they lead. Okay. And then what I have them do at the beginning of the year is from that student council, personal state, sorry, from the student council statement, they choose the one word that they think is most essential to like being a student council person. So words like, um, compassion, service, leadership, love, empathy, whatever. Mm -hmm. And what I have them do is I have them put, make a poster on Canva on canva.com and uh, make a visual representation of the word that they think is most. That's rich. Yeah. That's um, most essential to being a student council entity. Even that at the very beginning of the year, I think sets a good tone for students to realize like, it's like, this isn't a like peppy blow off moment. Cause you guys are saying words like lead compassion. Right. Service gives it weight. Right. Right. So it's like, so if you're using this time to do, make it a study hall, (laughs) you've missed the boat. Right. And also it's a good tool to like, I need to be better about this, but like you can always go back to it. And if you're having trouble with a student, like who's absolutely recalibrate. Right. And just be like, Hey, you said that, you know, like the most important thing about a student council was that you are sacrificing. Right. How are you sacrificing in the way that you're leading? Whatever. Right. So there's stuff like that. There's, um, uh, paradoxical commandments, which I talked about earlier. Um, there's, uh, there's a scenarios where you're going through like, uh, okay, here's a scenario in a school that I like came up with. Um, how can you compromise with leadership and then how can you push? So like, how, how would, what were, what are the steps that you're going to go through to actually make your plan as you want it happen? 
Um, cause for students, a lot of times they don't think of the nitty gritty. So it's a really no. good assignment to make them think well, through good. the nitty gritty. Yes. And it's like, Hey, yeah, the thing that you think is going to take two weeks is probably going to take 10. Sure. Absolutely. And now that you're actually thinking about it, you're like, Oh, I'm going to need a hundred volunteers. It's like, yeah. Right. And money and money, uh-huh. lots and of materials it. Materials and mm-hmm. resources. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. So it's, uh, something along those lines where it's like, good. okay, if you have your ideal, mm-hmm. what steps are you going to have to take? And then if I give them also a scenario of like a compromise. Okay. Admin says, you know, or like school board says you can't do this, but you can do this. Sure. What are you going to do? What are you going to do now? Great. Um, then we also do, I'm trying to think there's a lot more with the book, but you guys can see that you guys can see that. Anyways. Um, we do a three liter video project. That was something that we did this year. That was very powerful, transformative, Mm. wonderful. Um, it was, it was so good. Uh, so each student and obviously all of these things that I'm talking about, like I do the project myself and show the students. Yes. So they see my example first, again, you're setting the tone. So right. don't tell them to make a video project and not. and you not make it and then be mad when they submit a bad video project. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yes. So I show them a good video project with my limited video skills. Yes. And I told them, Hey, I'm not good at video things but I figured it out and it looked good. Sure. So can you, Yes. (laughs) my audio didn't sound awful. Yeah. Yours doesn't have to sound awful either. Right. So anyways, perfect or perfect. Yeah. So So three liter video. So the three liter video and they choose leaders in their life, um, that they, uh, see, you know, leading in a whole bunch of different ways. So most of them, and I gave them the examples. Jamie was one of mine. Oh, it's the best. Um, so I gave three examples from my life. So it was Jamie and it was the woman at church, Tamara, who disciples me and then my dad. So I was trying to give them examples that I knew they would probably focus on as well, sure. where it was like probably a family person, mm-hmm. probably like a member of their community of some sort. Yep. And then somebody else, like they're in school. So maybe like that realm, some of them might do, or like a mentor or an older sibling, like that sure. sort of mindset. Yes. So anyways, um, lovely. lovely. And one of the things that I'm going to be doing this year based off of that project, like adding on to it, cause I have students that are, you know, taking this class year after year Right. is we're going to be studying the book essentialism. And so mm-hmm. I'm going to have them try to choose like three traits per each leader that they chose to say like, what did, what did you see that was essential to their leadership? philosophy, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one way that I'm like adding on and building upon that project. Um, I also had my students do, I paired them up into different age levels and personalities to do a book cover project for okay. the silent revolution, um, that they also created on Canva. Again, I make an example and do the whole shebang myself. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have rubrics for these things? Yeah. Checklists. Oh yeah. And rubrics, checklists. All okay. of that is also embedded. Um, so what I do is I'll, when I talk through an assignment with students, I'll talk, I always have like an explanation of the project. Like, why are we doing this? Yeah. What are we trying to build upon based on what we've read or done in class? Yeah. Here are the assignment details. Like yeah. get these things done. This is your checklist. Like if yep. you don't have this, you haven't finished the project. Right. And then, um, like a grading, just like this is 30 points. This is 30 points. This is 20 points. And then underneath that, I have a rubric with explanations. Lovely. 
Yeah. Um, they know it's coming. So they know it's coming. So, um, but they create a cover for the silent revolution book. Nice. Um, and I really enjoyed this year having like picking their partners for them. I would encourage people to like, kind of know their group and know when that would be a useful thing to not let them choose their partners, but do projects that like you're specifically trying to help them get out of their friend group or yes. natural. Cause it's like, Hey, leaders take a step when it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So if you're right. not used to that, right. This is a good little mm. exercise. Yes. Um, so, uh, they would work with a partner and they would make cover, back cover, flaps, explanation, quotations, all sorts of different things, and then print it out, put them in the hallway, all the fun. So those are just a couple of the little tastes of some resources that I yeah. have. Um, and then this year I'm creating new stuff, a new book study, um, that will be building upon ideas from this past year that we did. Okay. Um, but it is something that I'm, I'm working on of like, how do I build a curriculum that is continuously new, but yeah. it's not having the first year students jump into a year three that they're not ready for, sure. but having the th- year three people jump into the right year three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's a kind of a finesse. Yes. Each day situation, right. but, um, I'm really looking forward to continuing to like, okay, what does year one versus year two versus year three look like? from my perspective as a teacher where I know I'm growing them each year, mm-hmm. but from the student doesn't feel so jarring that it's like, I've, I've jumped in too quickly mm-hmm. or I'm like not getting developed enough. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. It's interesting to think about even the students for each project and book, mm-hmm. there's the year one, the year two and the year three version yeah. of the product or the project or yep. whatever. And then year three well, maybe even there's a year one and there's a year two version and year three is there somehow like managing it or yeah. organizing it or leading it. Right. Right. So that they've done it twice. Mm-hmm. And you, we can, we can all agree that reading a book twice is actually really, really good for so us. So amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then by the year three, they're not necessarily reading it, but you have some sort of where they're bringing in discussion questions mm-hmm. or they're helping they're helping students with their work and yeah. they're doing like a side project where they're making a report. Right about all that they're noticing students are doing. And I don't know. No, I think there's some natural, like maybe it's, you first do it with like your officers that are in the class period, but it's Mm -hmm. like, Hey, assigned, like break down some of the chapters and say like, you're going to teach these chapters. Yeah. So like president, you're going to teach chapter one. Yes. Vice president, you're doing chapter two. Yes. You guys have read it and you've seen what I've done. Right. Now you take it and you just do chapter one. Right. And so I think there's some natural, yeah. Like space for that. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Yeah. Really. All right. Thank you, Natalie, so much. Oh, of course. Is there anything else that you want to share with our listeners about Stuco? <sighs> hey, look, it, you might have some ideas of what it is. Yeah. But hopefully this has changed your mind a little bit of the yeah. sort of, I mean, I'm not at the end of the day, I'm not out there to like change people's perception of it. I'm just here to help change the school the best way that I know how. Yep. Um, and that's giving the people who are experiencing the school truly for what it is mm-hmm. day in and day out and mm-hmm. giving them a bigger platform to make mm-hmm. the changes they want to make. Nice. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing this like live on the podcast. <laughs> is there any way that you could create something for our listeners where it's like a how to plan homecoming? Oh, 
like a step by step thing, how to plan or how to plan a pep rally. Yes. And so that that's there for people. Oh, yes. <laughs> Even if they're not like a Stuco or, but they're responsible for this yes. or they can bring it and hand it to a dear friend of theirs who is trying to figure out how to do this. Yes. But something just real basic like that where there's, yes. I mean, I mean real general step-by-step. Can I, cause if I know that that's something that I would have just died for as a teacher oh. back in the day. Oh yeah. Um, well, and the beautiful thing about it is like that gives you a starting point. So then you can make, you can blow it up from there. Sure. Um, whereas going through the process, it can be really painful if you have nowhere to start. Right. So yes. <laughs> just something, just something. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I know it's on the, I know what I'm asking on the fly. Oh, for sure. But, I would love to help in but, that way. Yeah. I think that could potentially be a, a supportive resource too. Well, and what I'll say too, that I, uh, I've told Jamie this just, you know, not on the podcast, but wh- one of the things that I do love about student council is that when most of us think back to our high school experiences, the events that happened are actually what we remember. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, they do remember the homecoming dance. Yes, They do remember the pep rallies. Yes. And so I want I love logistics, but I don't love logistics for logistics sake. It's like, I like to do logistics to help make memories for students that are really rich. And so even if that's how you're viewing student council, like making rich memories for students, I think that's a lot more generous of a way to think of like the work that you're doing in the school. Mm -hmm. Like you're making rich memories. Yes. They're going to remember, they're going to remember their senior pep rally. Mm -hmm. Like that's something they're going to remember. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Natalie. You're welcome. Thank you for taking time to share with us all of your work. And thank you for your generosity too. Of course. To share your work that would help others um, save a lot of time yeah. and heartache yeah. <laughs> in building these resources and also maybe provide some inspiration. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. Well, again, um, head to our website, teacherchangingteaching.com. And there's also a link in the show notes, I'm told to say. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there you can find the resources that we're talking about. Um, and decide, maybe uh, choose from those what would work for you, what's best for you. Um, and uh, hopefully they provide support and encouragement and yes. inspiration for you as you're um, taking on this beautiful challenge. Yeah. Love you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thanks for joining us on the Teachers Changing Teaching Podcast. We're so glad that you were here. We hope that you've enjoyed this series on student council and look forward to doing more like this in the future. By the way, have you visited our website? It's at teacherschangingteaching.com. It's just in its infancy. There's more to come with that, but head on over there and check it out. For all of us at Teachers Changing Teaching, we're so glad that you've joined us. We hope you have a great rest of your week. 